Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me today. In today's deeper dive with the author, Terry Lancaster, Terry has written a fabulous book that I highly recommend for you to purchase, and it's called How to Sell More Cars. He discusses how to make more money and have more fun by building a better, stronger customer relationships. The key is certainly about building relationships with people before they start shopping. Terry's going to share five challenges for salespeople, and this really applies not just to the car industry, but our mortgage and financial industry. And I'm really thrilled to have Terry today share his thoughts. It's 100 pages of gold nuggets for salespeople. Hi, Terry. Hey, Pat. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. Looking forward to it. Well, I think your book was, again, short, as I said to you, and powerful, very powerful. And I thought it summarized the challenges of salespeople today. And of course, you start off talking about how the internet has changed everything. And really, that salespeople, regardless of whether you're in the car industry or the mortgage industry, have to be more than an order taker. Talk about that. Well, you know, I wrote the book really three years ago, and I've been talking about this for a long time. So it, it seems to me like I've been talking about so much how the internet has changed the business that I, I take it for granted that everyone knows how much the internet has changed the business. But the thing is, it keeps on changing. And it even just this year, AI has come out in AI chatbots who can literally take a deal from start to finish, whether you're 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 talking about a mortgage or a house or cars, you know, there's a chatbot, there's a robot on the internet that can do your job. It can close the deal, walk the customers through, ask the questions, overcome the objections, and apply the closes. There are robots that can do that now. And the only way a human salesperson, a car salesperson, or a loan officer, or a real estate agent, or anyone, the only way a human is ever going to beat the robots is by doing the one thing that the robots can't do, and that's form a human connection. Well, I think that's a great point. And I think so many times I see salespeople thinking that the old days are coming back, but they really are not. And you talk about you don't have really a closing problem. What you have as a salesperson is the challenge of an opening problem. In other words, getting to know more people, having more friends, as you like to call it. So if you could talk about that a little bit, that would be great. 95% of the work I do I do is with car dealers. I wrote the book, How to Sell More Cars, obviously. But this really applies to anyone. In the car business, there are layers and layers upon layers of closers at the dealership. And most of the time, someone doesn't walk into the dealership unless they're wanting to buy a car. They want to buy a car. That's why they're there. And I can't imagine anyone calling a loan officer for any other reason than they want to buy a loan. They want to buy a house. They want they want the money. They're in the market, right? So that closing isn't the problem. If you get an interested party on the line or in the office, if you can't close them, someone can whether it's your boss, whether it's a supervisor, they're ready to close. So closing is never going to be the problem in the car problem in the car business. You're going to close one out of four people who sit down that you that you have an interaction with. So the problem isn't necessarily all right. I want to close one out of three. The problem is that you don't talk to enough people to to, to make that matter. The, the closing is the easy part, and 
the the problem is 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 getting in front of more people and opening through them. And and I'm the worst sales trainer in the world. I can't I can't close a screen door. But I can tell people this: if you want to your 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 closing ratio to skyrocket, if you want to really boost that closing ratio number, if that's what you're looking at, start dealing with more people who already know you, like you, and trust you before they get to the commercial part of the relationship. With you. when you're dealing with people who you already have a relationship with, closing is is even isn't even a concern. It just happens naturally. So Terry, you talk about that, the low-hanging fruit, these that already come to you, as you've already mentioned, whether it's at a car dealer or at a branch office, when they come to you, they only represent two to three percent of those in the total market. What does that actually mean? Whether you're talking about bankers or lawyers or car, car salespeople, most of the time they don't have the uh, they they don't have the bad the best of all reputations. And in the in the, in the auto business, and I don't know what the numbers for the housing market are, but only two percent of the people are in the market at any given time. Only two percent of the market is out there actively shopping. They're researching. They're gathering information. They 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 want to buy something. That leaves ninety eight percent of the market who. If you're only interested in those low-hanging fruit, those people just go by. They just float by. They never hear from you. They never interact with you. They 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 never get your branding messages. They if you're not talking to the 98% of the market, you're letting 98 as a center of the market drift by. And other people are talking to them. Other people are making making their branding messages, getting their messages to them. But more importantly, those people, those 98%, they don't like you because the world is telling them how bankers and law lawyers and car dealers are all crooks. So you got 90, 98% of the world that you're not talking to, that the world is telling that you're a crook and you got to look out for them. And the only time they have inter any interaction with you is when they're actively shopping and you're just another person trying to get in their pocket. So if you're letting 98% of the market go by, you're never making it to their shopping list till they're already in the market and they're already you know they're ready they're they're putting on their battle armor ready to go to war they're in the shopping mode now and you're just another person trying to get their money whereas if you spend some time talking to those 98% of the market and you're at the top of their shopping list before they start shopping that makes it a whole other conversation well that's why you make the point that the the single greatest value a salesperson can provide your potential customers is to build a relationship before they shop talk about what that means by making a huge transaction is stressful. It causes emotional disturbances. It causes physical disturbances. You're, there's a lot going on. And the more stressful you make the relationship, the, hard, the harder it becomes. I've always found that the more stressful the relationship is, the lower profitable the relationship is because it just you're just grinding everybody out. And at the end of it, it's not a win-win. It's a lose-lose. Everybody's mad at everybody and they just want to get it over. And that's what happens when you start the you start the relationship from an adversarial position. And you start if an adversarial position because literally you're you're trying to take some money from them and they're trying to keep as much money as they want. So they're automatically they've got they've got their defenses up, they got their hackles up. The best thing you can do for a customer is to set their mind at ease long before any transactional starts long before the hackles come up, long before the battle armor goes on. If you can if you can start the relationship earlier in the process, become friends earlier in the process, 
before they become buyers, before the relationship becomes commercial, then you have an easier transaction. The transaction goes faster. The transaction goes smoother because the transaction went faster and smoother. The transaction goes, you have a higher customer satisfaction and almost always the faster, smoother, and more satisfied the customer is, the more profit there is going to be in it for the buyer. It's 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 the uh, it's it's the craziest thing about always always the the easiest sales are always the most profitable. The harder the sale, the more the more antagonistic it becomes. Profit just just grinds out the out out, out the window because everybody's looking to screw everybody. And and the, the the if you just make it where everybody's trying to help everybody get what they want, and you start from a position of friendship. Everything goes smoother. Everything goes faster. Everybody's happier always. I love this comment that you make, which if you want to increase your closing ratio, spend less time talking to strangers and work with people who already know, like, and trust you. If you spend time establishing rapport with every single customer, they're just not enough hours in the day. Oh, 100%. In, in, in the car business, there's something called, and, and it's like this and everything, there, there's fast friends. You have to be able to, to develop rapport immediately. But sometimes that doesn't always happen when people walk in with, with, with their guard up. So if you have those relationships earlier, I interviewed in the book, the number one automotive salesperson in the whole world, Ali Rita out of uh, Dearborn, Michigan, sells, uh, sells Chevrolets and Cadillacs up there. And he sells a couple of thousand a year when the average salesperson in the auto business sells about 100 cars a year. So he's clocking in at about 20 times average. And he does this because he has a tight knit community that he's been he's one he's been selling into for about 20 years. So he's not rude. He's it's not new. He's built up his market. He's got his people and they walk in the door and I ask him, I I, I said, you're selling 20 times the number of cars, you know, approximately 20 times the number of cars that the average salesperson does. How is there enough time in the day for you to do this? He says, because I make most of the decisions for the customers, they come in, they trust me to help them get what they want. They tell me what they want. I tell them how to make it happen. And and they say, okay, Ollie, let's do it. Because they had the relationship established and there wasn't the long dance. So the, the deals can close on average four times faster when you don't have when you don't have the back and forth when they're not sitting on their phone double checking everything that you say to them when they're not comparing prices with every home or mortgage or or car within within 50 miles of you when they're talking to you when they're actually listening to you instead of fact checking you and checking your competition everything goes a little faster everything goes a little smoother i also love the comment that you make that success isn't determined on what you know or who knows you but success depends on actually who knows you and not who you know. And I thought that's really an, it's a perceptive comment. And I think I think that's the big change. That's the big change for the uh, for the internet age. Back in in the days of yore, you know, if you're if you're in the Roman Empire and you're selling and you're selling silk from the Far East. All you really have to do is you have to go to the market and you have to set up your stall with these exotic fabrics and you set them up high and they fly in the wind and and, and people walk in and they see them and they're pretty and they're shiny. They go, ooh, but they don't know anything about silk from the Far East. They don't know the thread count. They don't know how much other people are charging for this. So they have to come in and they have to talk to you. 
But now they don't need you to gather that information because all that information about the silk thread count and what the competition charge and everything else, that's all available on the internet. And so you're not going to, you're not going to wait your, your talk your way into anything because people, people are finding people. They, they, they can go to the internet and find it to, to be successful. You have to be known before you can be found. So if they're already shopping on Google, for something that they're if they're looking for mortgage rates on Google before they call you, you've already lost the race. So it doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter who you know. They have to know you before they start looking on Google to find the information because it's all out there. And the only way to get to stay in the deal ever is to get ahead of the deal. Well, let's take a deeper dive into what you call the five challenges. And of course, the first point is your funnel is your net worth. Explain what that means. Well, I mean, that's that's just that's just the old saw. The, your your network is is your net worth. The people, the people you know, the people who know you, that's where the honey is. That's where the relationships are, that's where the referrals are, are going to come from. You know. You, you, the, the the real estate agents that you know who are bringing your business, that's what's going to feed your family for the next 20 years. You can get all, all the product information in the world, but the product information is something that everyone has. You can have the best closers in the world, but other people have better closers too. The only thing that's unique to you is who you are and who knows you and who what business they can bring to you. So your money is completely dependent on your network. Well, that leads to this starting off with talking about social media. And you make the point, which I think really is important, is that social media is not an advertising platform. It's actually a communication and connectivity platform, similar to the telephone. Um, talk about what that means. Well, I um I, I come from a, a broadcast background. I'm an old disc jockey. I worked in radio for years and I produce radio and TV ads for car dealerships, the big loud Sunday, 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 come by a car today ads. And and that's fine. That's an interrupted that, that that's that's a broadcast medium. It's interruptive. It is designed to to reach out of people, reach out of the uh, the speakers of the television and grab people by the ears and say, "Listen to me." That's its purpose. Social media is not that, but that's not what that's what a lot of people use social media for. They go on and they produce TikToks or they produce Instagram videos or they got Facebook videos and they're telling everyone about their their great new rates and they're telling everyone about their first time buyer programs and they're telling everyone about everything that's going on with them. But it ain't about you. It's about your customers and social media. The beauty part of it is it allows for two-way communications. It's the same way as picking up a phone. So if all you're doing is spewing out stuff about you and your business and how great you are and how and and what you can do for them, that's you're 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 missing you're missing the main component, which is the feedback loop. Where if you talk to them and they talk to you and you start engaging in a conversation, if you're engaging in conversations, uh, you can see what's going on. If you're if you're following your customers on Facebook, you can see when they just had a new baby and they're probably going to be in the market for a new house because they need another bedroom because the one you got the mortgage for them two years ago only has three and now they got another kid. If you're look if you're using that two way communication, you're going to put yourself in the middle of more deals before the deals start become shop deals that are shopped and you become if you're top of the shopping list uh you you get in the conversation earlier uh, that's that's when the magic happens 
So you start with, and you talk a lot about obviously Facebook, and you say that your goal as a salesperson should be to have at least 5,000, the maximum that Facebook allows. And what that really is what you're kind of really focusing on in the book. Uh, talk about why Facebook is so important. Well, uh, and this is the truth. Just in just in the, uh, this month, I recorded the audiobook version of of uh, How to Sell More Cars, which I wrote three years ago. And I had to, and I wrote a um, an afterward. All right, here's what the world looks like three years ago, uh, th- three years later after after I wrote the book. And I at that time I sat down and I was thinking, okay, is Facebook still what I was talking about three years ago? Is it still the major thing? That um, that salespeople need to be using to to maintain to their customers because it's not for me. I use LinkedIn because my major clients own car dealerships; they're business owners. So I I'm, I do better with reaching them for LinkedIn. So when when I when I talk about fa- social media, I generally for, talk about Facebook, especially if I'm talking to business to consumer salespeople. If you're if you sell cars for a living, if you sell homes for a living, if you sell money for a living for to individuals looking to buy their homes, if you're if you're a mortgage broker, then you have a a consumer-based uh a consumer-based audience and Facebook in terms of social media, you talk about the 800-pound gorilla, Facebook is the 800-pound gorilla because it's the number one social medium and it's for, it, it owns the number two social media for good measure instagram but not only that it's still growing i i because because of all the hoopla we've been through with politics for the last couple of years and like i said me kind of switching over to linkedin i was thinking maybe facebook was starting to uh, to to slow down a little bit in in uh, in popularity but i just checked the numbers this month and it's not it's even more popular than ever 95% of the population in the united states has a facebook account they check their facebook account on at least a weekly or monthly basis if they don't check it every day but most people check it every day first thing in the morning before their feet at the floor last thing at night before their head hits the pillow so facebook is is ubiquitous it's everywhere. And unlike some of the new social media that that is getting a lot of uh, publicity today, everyone wants to talk about TikTok and everybody's an Instagram influencer. But TikTok and Instagram are basically one-way social media. They're not designed to create engagement. They're designed to create a piece of content and push it out to as many people as possible. And that's great if you want to be a mini influencer. And you and and you want to kind of make make your name known or get your music out or, or or something like that. But if you're trying to build relationships, TikTok and Instagram don't have that same effect for building relationships because you're not coming commenting on on you know little Jimmy's graduation from kindergarten. You're not building that two way personal relationship when they post their dog on uh, on mm-hmm. on Facebook and 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 you get to comment on it and you have those comments back and forth. So Facebook and Facebook was originally designed for college students. It was a way for college students to know each other when they it it it, it came from the uh, the original Facebook at Yale University or Harvard whichever one it was I can never remember. But when when Zuckerberg was there, he took these paper Facebooks that they used to, so the college students would have fr- have a friend as soon as they walked into uh, a classroom. Instead of walking to a cl- classroom full of strangers, they'd be walking into a classroom full of familiar faces. And that's what Facebook does. It puts familiar faces in front of you. So they walk into the dealership. So they walk into the loan office. They know, already know someone there. They have a friendly face in the building in their corner, uh, and they're not quite as nervous. 
Well, that leads to your point that you make in your book when you talk about that it requires salespeople today to start living your life out loud on Facebook. What's that all mean? Well, I um, I tell people uh, we've gotten really uh, really into the use of video in sales, whether it's video messaging or creating fa- uh, video on on Facebook. And I I run to a lot of salespeople, especially older salespeople who've had who've had success and they've been doing it a while. And uh, hey, I don't I don't use social media, I don't use video, I don't do any, right. any of this. And I I tell them, you know, if if you walked into the dealership and you weren't entirely comfortable talking on the telephone. If you're if you're trying to conduct business and you weren't comfortable talking on the telephone and some people aren't some people get nervous talking on the phone they they don't like it but if that wasn't your thing you would probably be finding you a new line of work before too long but I'm telling you if you're not using technology whether it's social media and social media is just one of the tools uh, but social media and video and video messaging and all of these technologies that we use to maintain interpersonal relationship and communication in the 21st century if you're not comfortable using those to build and maintain your relationships uh, especially to build and your maintain relationships faster than the robots can take those relationships away from you you're not long for this world you probably need to find a new line of work Well, that raises the question of what you call the content covenant. And this is a a steady stream of content. I don't know about the car industry, but certainly in the mortgage industry, the content tends to be generic where everybody's sharing the same content. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about sharing a day in your life, which is really what it's about. Explain what that means. Well, the the content covenant is is for Google and social media. All these all these big technology media companies they exist for one reason. The the reason they exist is for you to feed them information, whether it's video, whether it's pictures, whether it's words. They're looking for content for you that they can aggregate, put in front of millions of other eyeballs, and then charge people for advertising on there. They need the content that you're providing. And so we got this this little feedback loop going that everyone said, okay, I need to create more content. So that's when everyone started putting out the videos and everyone started Mm -hmm. talking, doing daily rate updates and and, and all this, or putting inventory. Obviously, you got to put inventory houses and cars on the internet. And that's great. You have to do all that. And that, that, that feeds the monster. You have to, I tell him where it's you have to teach Google to do tricks. This isn't, this is that same content that you're putting on social media. If you're, if you're using it correctly, it's also helping Google to find you. So your website, so that people can find you if they don't know you, so they can get to know you faster. So it helps with the SEO. But the content that you want to provide, you have to provide that content, the same stuff that everybody's doing, uh, you know, how to get the best mortgage, how to lower your rate, uh, you know, things first time buyers can do, how to boost your credit score, all of those things that that people are doing. And there's millions of videos on the Internet. You have to do those because that's one of the things that you need for your business. But the other thing you need is is personal, personal information, personal facts of your life so that people can know you as a human being, as an individual, so that you're not this generic loan banker person that happens to be on their internet feed so that they see when your son graduates from high school, they see when your daughter wins her soccer match, they see when you, when you, when you get a new puppy and the, and you become part of their life. People don't go on Facebook to learn what the daily interest rate is. They go on Facebook to find out what's happening in their friends' lives. 
So let them know what's happening in their friends' lives. And I tell everyone, uh, they call it Facebook for a reason. So make sure you're putting a face on Facebook. Don't just put pictures of houses. Don't just put videos of cars. Put a face on Facebook. And that, yes, that often means your face so that people can get to know you, like you, and trust you. But go out of your way to see what you can do to get other people on your Facebook feed, your customers, businesses in your area. If, if you start developing a this little mini Facebook following, if you get the 5,000 friends on Facebook and they're all local friends and they're used to you, you know, you posting every day and you start posting every day about a local business of the week, or you start a podcast where you're interviewing local real estate agents in, in your town in Tecumseh, Iowa. You're interviewing every, every week you interview a real estate agent and you're promoting them then it's not this steady stream of content that they're seeing every other mortgage broker puking out. They're seeing other things. And, and yeah, I come from an old school background. I was trained in, in journalism to work in, to work in small town newspapers. That's, that was originally my background. I have a journalism degree from Tennessee Technological University. And my, that was everything they went to. The people I worked, I graduated from school with all went to work in small town newspapers. And our professors told us the most important thing in any small town paper, is the, the most read page is the community page where you find out who won the uh, who who won the uh, the baking contest at the state fair, and you wind out who's who's lost the lost puppy, and and the, all these local individual things. That was what was popular forty years ago in the newspaper. That's what's popular today on Facebook. If you if you if you keep feeding this steady stream of commercial information, so that your Facebook feeds begins to look like a commercial for your business, two things are going to happen. Number one, your customers are going to tune it out because that ain't what they're there for. They're there to find out about you and your life and your friends and the people around them in their community. And number two, as those customers start to feed it out, Facebook's going to turn it off. They're out, they don't make any money from people not watching the stuff you put on there. So if, if people aren't seeing it, they're not going to show it to them. And you're just going to ride yourself into oblivion talking to yourself about mortgage rates uh, <laughs> if that's the only thing you talk about. Well, you also make the so I, from a practical standpoint, I see a lot of certainly salespeople in the financial industry wanting to have business Facebook pages. In other words, they're trying to separate their personal versus their business. And really, your message is it's the personal that wins you your business. Well, there, there's two things for that. Uh, the, it, it definitely is the personal business. Your, your your personal page on Facebook is infinitely more powerful than a business page on Facebook. Now, people, uh, one, some businesses require that you set up the business page because they've got they've got this dictate that came from corporate, you know, heaven on high that this is how you got to do things, and they want to keep everything separate. You you got to have professional mortgage broker you, and you got to have personal day at the beach you. But there's not two yous. There's only you. And my message is to be you all day long, to be you a little louder. And the per, the personal your personal profile, one, allows you to reach out and ask people to be your friend. You can't do that with a business page. So in, or, in order to get people to follow your business page, you have to A, become personal friends with them in the first place, and B, then invite them to your page. So you're, it's just, it adds an extra step. The, on, the only reason I tell people you need a business page is if you've maxed out your personal profile and you're ready and you've learned how to use it, you've learned how to generate leads from it, you learned how to communicate with customers from it, and you're ready now to start advertising. The, face, the Facebook business page is strictly a portal 
to the Facebook advertising platform. It's it's there so you can buy ads. That's the purpose for it. And uh, and and that's really the only reason you should be using it. So you also mentioned about salespeople, and I certainly see it in uh, the financial industry, the mortgage industry, where you really do have to flip a switch. This is much different type of establishing relationships than in the past. And you really have to decide that you really now are, are in the business of making friends. Explain what that means. Well, you, uh, in, in the world is completely changed. In, in 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, if you had a customer who was a right royal pain in the behind, and you didn't want in and and you were just sick of dealing with them. You know what? You could tell them shove off. You know what? I think I think I'm gonna take a pass. And um, but you you really can't do that now because everyone has this power. Everyone has this power to go on Yelp and go on Google and, and leave re- leave these reviews. And one un, one dissatisfied customer is is infinitely more powerful than they ever been in the past. Every, everything everything moves faster. Everything grows bigger. So you have to treat every customer like royalty because one irritated customer uh, can 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 ruin your whole month because now you got to chase down start chasing down bad reviews. But the the power is is completely there for you to use that to your advantage to to know that I've got I, in my hand I've got these connections to to five thousand uh, local buyers to five thousand local homeowners that they're they're not buying a home this year they're going to buy a home someday. I tell everyone in the car business the beauty thing about being in the car business is everyone drives a car, and everyone I know lives in a house. You know they <laughs> they may not own that house, but they live there, and they're yeah. going they probably one day they're they're going to buy a home. They're going to need a mortgage. So these these if you if you start. The, the the switch is that everyone's a customer. The switch is the switch is the, the oldest message of all time. Treat everyone like you would like to be treated. To uh, uh to treat treat those around you like you would want like to be treated. The golden rule because everyone's a customer. Everyone's a buyer, and every if anyone is unhappy, they can ruin your day. So you got to be on all the time. So talk about since we have a, a few minutes left. Talk about this issue of. And I see it certainly in our world is that the institution will post the content, but now we're saying that the actual salesperson needs to post the content. People have the perception that this takes hours in the day, and it really doesn't. And explain how that really works in a practical sense. Well, you, you I mean you really need both. If you have an institution, Wells Fargo or or Joe Bob's Ford or whatever the institution is, they need to be creating a content, but they need to be creating content mainly with the idea that this is something that their people can share, that this is something that makes it easier for their people to be active and engaged on social media because people, for the most part, don't have a strong personal relationship with Wells Fargo. They have a strong personal relationship with John, their loan officer at Wells Fargo. So they need to be hearing from John. It's great to have these it's it's great to have these institutional messages, but we already have a word for institutional messages and that's called advertising. And we're mostly in a post advertising advertising world. People want to hear from people. People connect with people and and people if if everything that the institution tells them, they're going to take with a grain of salt. 
everything that a human being tells them, um, they, they're, they're going to be much more likely to believe it. And if it just looks like it's coming from a friend of theirs, then that's a more believable information, a piece of information than this prepackaged slick thing that's coming from some blind corporate office in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in New England somewhere that uh, it, it, it doesn't have the same impact. And the same thing goes for reviews. The reviews that end up on social media, on Facebook and on Google, reviews have just as much, have have more impact than any advertising or institutional message could ever have. So I tell people reviews is the number one kind of content that you need to start creating. You need to start getting more reviews, uh, more referrals so that you can get more repeat business. And you can take those reviews, repackage them, post them on, on your websites and on, on your social media so that the information is coming from you and it's coming from other people. People will believe a review from a stranger. They'll trust that referral to the same degree that they trust a referral from a friend in their personal network. If, if a friend of theirs at work tells them that you're a great loan officer and they read that you're a great loan officer on Google reviews, those two are equally accepted. So uh, you concentrate on getting personal messages from real life human beings, and and that's going to be more powerful than the institutional. So Terry, again, talking about the practical time spent as a salesperson, a commission salesperson. So a half an hour a day, or is it once a week? Or talk talk about what you think really works. Well, it probably probably needs to be daily. I mean, I think you need to be on social media daily so that you can you can interact. Uh, so that you can the the most probably the most important thing that you can do on social media is interacting with other people. And this is the thing I there's there's two things when it when that I'd never see anyone talking about on social media. Everyone who talks about social media, they talks about what you need to post. And whenever I'm I'm talking in front of salespeople, whether it's it's uh, car dealers or even loan officers, the conversation always comes up. Well, what do I post? How often do I post? This is this is right. this is what's on people's mind. How do I how do I come up with all this new content? Well, the most important the the content that you post is. M- is really only the third most important component of what's going into your social media program. Number one, you have to have the connections. The most important part of your social media program needs to be making these connections to send out these friend requests, to get these people connected to you on social media so that every person you talk to uh, is now a friend of yours on Facebook, so that every person that you uh, that you generate a lead from, uh, that you present a proposal to, make sure you're tagging them on Facebook so that you can add them to this network because your network is your net worth and you can start growing this. So so adding people and, and having that is the thing people don't talk about. And number two, engaging with them. So once you have them, you have to stay in their lives. If you want these people to stay in your lives, you have to make a concerted effort to stay in their lives. And that way you're commenting on their on what's going on in their lives. You're liking the stuff that they like and you're in there. But more importantly, this teaches the Facebook algorithm. Well, if you're all constantly liking their program, they're, they're probably going to come back and, and like yours a little bit. And Facebook, the algorithm, the robots notice that you are uh, that you're liking each other's stuff. Suddenly they you start seeing more of their stuff. They start seeing more of your stuff and and, and the ball grows from there. So you have to feed the algorithm. So you ha- by by connecting with people, by engaging with people. And by posting it. So it needs to be a regular part of your day, but you don't have to spend five hours creating a video. This is the thing I see people getting to. They spend all this time. Oh, I have to create this new content. And they go out and they create, they shoot a hundred takes of some video till they get it just right. And, and 
that doesn't matter. Go out, turn on the camera, start talking if you have to have to make a video. And uh, and so that that cuts down a lot of the program. If you, if you quit trying to get everything perfect, uh, you can uh, you can eliminate a lot of the program, uh, a, a lot of the time waste. Right. And That's a good. Sec- and Go on. The, 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 my, my, my other piece of advice is get you a robot to help you uh, to help you recycle your content. Once you once you've spent enough time re- to create this content, uh, it's not just one and done. This con- some of this content can c- carry on forever. It's evergreen. The inf- you know how to get a loan rate, that how, how to get a better mortgage rate is is valuable information today. It's going to be valuable information six months from now. So take that content and make sure you're repurposing everything that you do so that it's oh, going up on multiple platforms, in in mul- in multiple uh, multiple links. Uh, you know, if you, if you, if you create a video, create a blog post to go with it, create a graphic to go with it, put it on your website so that Google finds that. And, uh, I use a program called social jukebox that helps me replay that content. So I have a steady stream. It's like, it's like Terry Lancaster TV. It's all Terry all the time. And, you know, every day it's, it's reaching into my archives of one of the posts I've got evergreen and it's post posting new content every single day. And I spend absolutely zero time on that. I spend time engaging, connecting, and creating new content, and the robot does the rest of the work. So, Terry, we only have a few minutes left, so share a couple of takeaways for our listeners today. Well, the, the main thing is every, everyone's a buyer. This is this is the big thing. Everyone's a buyer. If you're if you're in this a mass media market, every, everyone's a buyer, and the world has changed, and there's a there's a lot going on. But it's just, it's amazing to me, and it continues to amaze me that I've got this phone right here in my hand that I can reach the entire world, uh, that I've got thousands and thousands of relationships with who are there at the touch of a finger and this is all happening at the at the at the same time that we've got this technology uh that allows us to reach more people at the same time there's this another techno- technological wave that there are corporate entities trying to squeeze out any kind of any transaction that they 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 they've got AI robots so the robots are fighting for your business they're fighting for your business by 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 reaching into the customers and trying to trying to speed up the process to get any middlemen out of the way, and you've got this technology that uh, that allows you to maintain the relationships to help the customers because not everyone not everyone wants to move as fast as the robot wants to move. Everyone likes a little handholding. Everyone likes to feel important, and the thing that you provide is humanity, <laughs> and and the truth, and that's what people are looking for. People want. A human touch. They want a human relationship. They want someone who can look them in the eye and tell them that it's going to go okay. Because everything's great uh, if you're doing everything on the internet until the exact moment that it's not. And if you ever have a problem with Facebook or Google and you have to talk to a real human being, best of luck to you. But you've got an opportunity to provide the same technological advances to help those to help people with their problems and provide the human relationship. And provide a connection and and just 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 a moment of of kindness between two human beings that uh, that the robot's never going to do, and it goes a tremendous long, long way. Well, I think Terry, 
all that you've said is so right on target, certainly applies to our financial mortgage world. And I certainly appreciate you spending time with us today. I recommend highly our listeners to go buy his book. It's easy to read, but so impactful and well worth the time spent doing it. And I want to thank everybody for spending time with us today. You certainly can catch up with our other episodes by going to mortgagemanagerplaybook.com. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.